All right, guys, here we go. Nord East podcast. We got a great screencast today. We got all the shows. We're talking about WandaVision, tons of hot wrecks. Uh, before we dive into our rewatch of the Dark Knight, hang it or bang it, here we go. Nord East podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing very well, man. I'm doing fantastically. How are you? I am doing great, and that's because I'm potting with you guys. We just got done with a great sports cast. It's a great week for the podcast, and for that reason, you guys should give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or device each and every week. Also, since you guys are feeling generous this week, share the Nordies podcast with a friend. Give us that five-star review. Help us out. Help spread the word about your three best friends, Jim, Ryan, and Eric. Hell yeah. And thank you in advance. That's really nice of you guys to do all those things that Eric said. Yes. Um, guys, we are doing some drinking. What are we drinking tonight? Look, I am back with Fair State, Mirror Universe, absolute local staple, one of the best year-round available IPAs. And uh, that's what I'm having. I'm just cracking through this four pack as we bang out these podcasts tonight. And for me, I'm also at Fair State, but this is a collaboration between Fair State and Burial Beer Company in Asheville, North Carolina. This is called a, a, a Sastrugi. I'm saying that phonetically S A S T R U G I, Sastrugi. It's a double dry hop, cool fermented hazy IPA. Um, the best part about this beer is not only that it tastes good, but it was also, for me, $11.99 for a four-pack of 16-ounce cans, which is an insanely cheap price for uh, collaborations, especially with Fair State. So, hell yeah. yeah. And the same thing, and it is wonderful. Fair State is having a great start to 2021. And what's it called? Uncle Falcon or something? Mi- uh, Mr. Falcon, Mr. I think. Mr. Falcon. That's coming out at the end of the month. Can't wait. That's one of their best beers of the year every year. Can't wait. The 28th, can't wait, because I'm going to be drinking it on our next podcast, which is on the 31st, and that's going to be the uh, date of our Royal Rumble competition. What is that, Eric? Our it's on our next pod. But... No, the next pod after the 28th. Oh, gotcha. Carry on. The Royal Rumble competition is our new charity event that we are doing for the last week, the 31st of January, and it's going to be the Pro Wrestling Royal Rumble you probably are rolling your eyes. Maybe you're fist pumping. Maybe you have no idea what we're talking about. We aren't real wrestling fans at this point of our lives, but we are a fan of charity. And for that reason, we're looking for a great excuse to uh, gamble on the Royal Rumble, but not gamble in a way of, uh, you know, lining our pockets in a way of helping out with some great causes. So what's going to happen? The three of us, we're each throwing 10 bucks in. All right. We're going to draw a number one through 30. You guys, the first 27 of you guys who want in are going to send us 10 bucks. 300 bucks are going to be in the pot. Everyone is going to get a number. Whatever wrestler comes out at your number is the person you're tied to. If that person is the last man standing, you're the winner. We're going to send you a Nordy's podcast hat. We're going to post you on our Instagram. We are going to uh, spend half the money on a charity of our choosing and half the money on the charity of the champs choosing. We'll post your cause. We'll make you feel like a great person because you are. And one other lucky person who enters will also get a Nordy's podcast hat. 
join the competition, DM us on Instagram. Let us know you want in. We'll get that 300 bucks lined up to go to good causes. We'll do good things. We'll uh, hopefully have some fun and maybe starting a new Nordies podcast tradition. So let's get ready to rumble at the Royal Rumble competition at the Nordies podcast. We're going to make a real cool post. And uh, that weekend, I just bought 30 ping pong balls off Amazon. So I'm going to be writing your names on there. We'll do the drawing on, on Instagram. We'll post a video. We'll post all the names. And then the next night it will happen. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll make a difference in the world. So that's what's happening at the end of the month. If you want in, those spots are going to go really fast. So if you're listening to this, hopefully there's still some spots left. Message us, DM us, say you're in for 10 bucks. It's all going to charity. We're all good. We're all going to feel good about ourselves doing something. And uh, I hope you guys have fun with it. So let us know. That's the new thing. You got a couple weeks, 27 spots. They're going to go quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I'll get a post up this week with all the details. Can't wait. All right, here we go, guys. Do we care? Uh, first up, we have uh, Moon Knight. It's going to be Oscar Isaac. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. It's a character we're not overly familiar with. Uh, but Ethan Hawke is going to be the villain of Moon Knight series. Uh, is this another good get for them? Do you like the Ethan Hawke-Oscar Isaac combination? Absolutely. Ethan Hawke's a big deal. He has stepped back from big movies and he does indie movies. Um, he did that one a couple years ago where he was like a priest, which was like, dude, fucked up movie. Kind of a wreck, um, for especially for a weird indie thing. I think Ethan Hawke's a big get. Um, they are running out of actors officially and actresses that have not yet been in the MCU. So as they get a new actor like Ethan Hawke, I'm like, is this the best use of him? Christian Bale coming into, you know, Love and Thunder. Is that the best use of him for maybe a one-off villain? You know, you kind of almost want some of these great actors and actresses to be a hero where you might see him a couple times. But, um, dude, I'm excited. I think this is, is a pretty promising show. I really like Oscar Isaac. Um, this gets me even more excited. I think that what's happening here is we are seeing the biggest change in how we consume uh, stories and um, it's moving into these streaming services. The money is there. They're going to be able to go out and get anybody. And I think people want to be part of it. Maybe they don't want to be part of it for 10 years of their life, but they would love to do something. How many of the people are like, ah, I just did this character to be for my kids, you know? And it's like, whatever reason it is, it's great to have these people joining these movies. Um, I'm excited about this. I think this is great news. Well, not only that, when like, look at the best, superhero movies or or just anything that's in a, a fantasy genre or actually i don't know even in regular genre like to ha have a well-acted villain makes the superhero story that much better mm -hmm. and that's kind of a, a good segue to or a, a good tease for later for when we get to the the dark knight rewatch but all of the best superheroes and any of those villains like thanos is unbelievable and the marvel like the avengers movies would never have worked without leading to that that end so to have quality actors and or actresses playing top quality villains is going to make the stories that much more compelling i agree and i care i care a lot all right guys next up uh we have chris evans in huge news chris evans america's ass is uh supposedly heading back to the mcu trying to finalize the deal we don't know what that's going to look like probably isn't going to be for um Captain America movies, but there's going to be some way where Chris Evans maybe pops out of the multiverse somewhere before it all closes up and uh, ends up back in the fold, um, at least in some kind of capacity. I think this is great news. Who wants to see any of these people leave? A death here and there is exciting, but 
I like the I like the how grand the roster is and that there could be all these crossovers where these people don't need to be in a movie every year, but every three years you get a Captain America part for half an hour of a movie, you're gonna be excited. I I agree. I'm sure when the moment comes where he pops out of a fucking portal and it's like, surprise, bitch, it's Chris Evans as Captain America, I'm sure I'll be just as hyped as the people next to me in the theater. But at some point, does it not cheapen it when you you know you get emotional for this big finish for, for Chris Evans and Captain America? He's an old man. He's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to share my story. I'm, you know, this is my send off. Psych. He's back, you know. Remember, he went back. Like they can't keep killing people and bringing them back. Like Loki's done it multiple times. Like it's just what he didn't die. He went back in time, and then he lived that whole life. But he was remember totally retiring. I mean, Thanos got his goddamn head cut off to start a movie, and then he was back as the villain for the whole movie, and we all thought it was creative. Yeah, well, he better be the villain for that fucking movie. If he (laughs) pops up again, you'll be pissed too. (laughs) I think it's good news. Um, I'm excited about it, and I kind of hope that um, we see these characters kind of age out, and that they they don't recast characters. Like I, I think the reason that the MCU works so well is because they are constantly telling a new story, and they're not just telling the same story. They're not like rebooting Batman four times. They're like, hey, this is our universe. It's happening in real time. And you're going to watch these people get old and you're going to lose people. We lost King T'Challa this year and he's not coming back. There isn't going to be a Black Panther. And when sad things happen in the world, happen in the world. And so I hope we see a lot of these characters age out in movies um, instead of just being written out. And I want to see it morph and continue on into the future and not ever hit a point where they're like, well, that's the end of our story and we're going to tell it over in five years. Okay, yeah. but, okay, to some degree, though, Eric, I think that's what they did. And when you say morph, they handed the keys to the Captain America character to Anthony Mackie. And we're never seeing that. Huh? We're seeing uh, that. That's what we're seeing in the, the movie. I mean, the Falcon, and the, and, the Winter Soldier, Falcon that's like and the Winter Soldier. Going to be him taking on the mantle officially throughout that story, I'm pretty sure. So, so but, but my, my, yeah. my point is, I, I'm. I got I got one foot on each side of the fence and I partially agree with Eric and I partially agree with Jim that at some point, like all of the 10 years of Marvel phase one and phase two and phase three, and we did all this stuff. And then we finally get to say goodbye to Captain Chris Evans as Captain America. Um, and then they're like, Oh yeah, he might return. And Chris Evans is like, well, that's news to me. And in this day and age, if, if he's going to like sneak into a film, I think it's going to be extremely difficult. Um, I think the, the you know, uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian is the anomaly compared to uh, someone like Chris Evans sneaking onto a Marvel set um, somewhere. I think it's going to be very difficult to keep under wraps. So then you're going to find out about it ahead of time and, and then just wonder, um, when's he going to pop out? Not if, you know, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. going to be here. And I think that kind of ruins a lot of the luster uh, for his character. So I, I, I'm in both camps. Like I, I can see it of like, I think I'm in the camp. I, I think I'm more in the camp of have him stay away. All right. Jim, uh, Jim, here's my question. Who's your favorite musician right now? Uh, I don't know. J Cole, maybe. 
Okay, what's your favorite? What's like what what's the most famous J. Cole song? Um, I don't know. He's got like just his like whole album where he's sitting on the roof and shit. I don't I don't know the song names. I just play the record. All I know is that J. Cole is playing his greatest hits to end the show and everyone's pumped. Right? We want we want Enter Sandman at the end of Metallica, right? We yeah. want greatest hits. Give me Captain America. I don't need him all the time, but I need him to show up here and there. It's going to be super exciting. What if he shows up on Disney Plus on some series? You're going to be so pumped. I guess. I mean, I would. I know I would. I just, I just like, sort of feel like everyone's it like, does get rid a of bit away. I don't want to hear any more Skywalker story. And then people are like, best thing that's ever happened. Best thing that's ever yeah. happened in my whole life. 2020 is is redeemed. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, don't, I think I don't think comparing Captain America to Luke Skywalker is. I think that's apples and oranges. I think this this to me equates to like uh, at the end of season five of Game of Thrones when they supposedly like killed Jon Snow and they're like, no, he cut his hair. And you look at a picture of him at Wimbledon, you're like, he didn't actually cut his hair. It's the same, and we know he's going to be alive because if he would have cut his hair, he would have buzzed that shit down to like the nub. Um, I feel like it just sort of cheapens what you think should have been an ending. And then they're like, yeah, but for financial reasons, we're going to bring it back because it makes sense. And Ryan, that was brilliant. That was a fucking brilliant point and a great comparison. Listeners, give us your take. Do you want Chris Evans back or are you sick of it? Let us know what you think. We're happy to hear. All right. Next All right. up, uh, Morbius is getting moved back from August to October. Do we care about this? No. I'm not even excited about Morbius, period. No, I'm not bummed at all. I never saw Venom, and I don't regret not seeing it. I haven't either, although I would if it's ever streaming anywhere free. I am just refuse to pay for it. I'm just like, oh, a movie about a villain. Going to be boring. You guys put this on here. Why would we even talk about this if neither one of you had any inkling? <laughs> yeah, I don't care at all. The game is called Do We Care? <laughs> it's okay to say that. Listen, Eric, I know you're I know you're upset about Captain America and that we didn't agree with you, but like you don't have to start shouting. We should game change the name to We Care and just post the things we care about. All right, Bethesda and Lucas Films are making an Indiana Jones game. Do you guys care about this? Yeah, I'm sure I uh, I'm guessing I'll play it. It sounds sweet. I hope it's like Red Dead Redemption, but Indiana Jones. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a little uncharted, you know what I mean? Which took its inspiration from Indiana Jones. There'll be some linear gameplay, but then also some like side quests that you can just sort of venture out on your own on. And by the way, it's doing, it's being made with Lucasfilm games. Um, who they made bomb ass star Wars games back in the day, like really, really cool stuff. And then they kind of dissolved and then everything was like EA or whatever. And then this game sucked. So it's kind of like it could be a return to like some pretty good uh, game development. So I do care. Yeah, about I this. think I think EA just lost the just. I think it expired, like their their rights to produce the Star Wars games or something like that. So I think it's going to go. It'll go to another studio. Um, I do care about this, although you know this is years away. I care. It would be cool. Um, Mandalorian claims the Nielsen streaming, um, you know, most streamed thing for a week first time ever that a netflix show didn't win this i mean that's a that's a huge huge especially for a let's just say like a newer streaming service compared to netflix with disney plus i know it's you know going on a couple years now Mm -hmm. but 
to have a science fiction show based out on out of you know the star wars universe take really it's one i mean it's one show like i mean what other shows are there on disney plus right that are new and beat out everything that netflix puts out that's pretty unbelievable i have this feeling that if netflix could trade everything they have for everything disney plus has they would do it um just as far as the properties they own yeah oh yeah they I have think, to invent, invent or buy their own properties for sure. I think that Disney Plus will win this every week starting in about six months. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Finally, Netflix has announced they're releasing a movie every week of the year, like on a Netflix original movie. How many of these do you guys actually watch? Gosh, I probably will watch 90% of them, 80% of them. Yeah. How many of the Adam Sandler ones? Well, those are the ones that I'm going to skip. There's my 10, 15% right there. <laughs> Although he's going to do that one that sounds like pretty good. He's going to, one of the, the, one of these movies we're talking about is a new Adam Sandler movie where it's more of like a serious role and he's going to be like a scout trying to get some big European dude to come play in the NBA. It's probably going to be great. That's Wancho, right? Wancho or Gomez. Wancho or Gomez. Hopefully uh, he's a better actor know, I, than he is a three point shooter. I think this is a, this is a response. And this is a shift in the market and the shift in the way streaming is done because HBO and Warner said that they're going to put all of their, you know, uh, theater films onto HBO Max and Netflix doesn't have the option of just sort of sitting on the sideline, right? That there's a, there's a massive, massive market share to be had. And so they rearrange their schedule and they're releasing one new film every week. It might suck. It might be really great. I would guess it's probably going to be like 30% good, 70% skipper. Um, mm-hmm. But at least we're going to have content to talk about. At the at, at, Just speaking selfishly from a podcast perspective, at least we'll have like cool stuff regardless. Uh, maybe, exactly. Jimbo likes, maybe Jimbo likes something and Eric and I didn't or vice versa. Um, it'll at least be something for us to talk about. So I'm here Always for good. So I do care. Yes. For those reasons and more. I'm guaranteed, like, out of the 52 they release, four of them are decent movies. Most of them are going to be bad, let's be honest. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. All right, guys. Uh, Hemsworth's in one of them. So it might be another, like, like, uh, Extraction 2, but not called Extraction 2. I like Extraction. All right, guys. We're moving on to Hot Rex, and there's only one place to start. That is the big drop of the week. Disney Plus's WandaVision. Drop two episodes, two episodes, 30 minutes each, about uh, 30 minutes, a little less. I thought there were more than that, really? 30 and, 30, 30 and 37 were the okay. runtime for both of them. Um, so the the premise of the show is, um, I mean, we can only guess, but we have to guess that Wanda um, is in some kind of pocket universe, and she has been pulled into this universe where um, some characters that we know to be dead and some characters that we don't know are in this universe with her. The universe has a lot of weird flaws to it and a lot of weird things. Um, events happen where people are trying to communicate with her that seem like they're from a different time and different mm-hmm. place. Um, and so the first show was based on the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, so it was filmed to look like the Dick Van Dyke show. They actually brought Dick Van Dyke in to help write some of the jokes. Wow. Okay. So they would really land a super 50s, super kitschy, huh? 
Yeah, so I think it's supposed to. They didn't say the year, but I believe it's supposed to be 1963. Okay. The Dick Van Dyke Show in the 60s. And the Dick Van Dyke Show came out in 1961. So supposed to be like early 60s for this show. Um, I thought this was so creative and so fun. And I think that it's just built for people who love Easter eggs and who love to search for clues and who love to find the weird things in shows. And they're going to give us a lot of content in a show that feels like is giving you no content. Mm-hmm. That the actual yep. of the show have very little to do with what the show is pretending to be. Right. So I think that's really interesting. I was on my toes the whole time I was watching it. Um, the second episode was supposed to be like I Dream a Genie. And so you're what, early 70s, I believe, at that point. And I don't know. I just thought that it was really fun and really creative. What did you guys think? I liked it. Um, I think that the the season is it's probably when you're going to look at it as a whole when it's done, you'll feel like it was paced overall like a movie, which makes the beginning hard, right? It makes the beginning leading up character induction twice as long, and then it can feel slow. So I think these two episodes had pacing problems because, of course, we don't really care about the individual happenings of each episode. We don't care that the boss is was a jerk and didn't like the dinner at the party. We know damn well that doesn't matter to the larger story of the season, which is going to be where is Wanda? What is happening? Who's in charge? Who's, you know, who's the bad guys? Who's the good guys? What's real? What's not? And really, you end up watching about, you know, an hour's worth of television to get about six minutes of long term story. You know what I mean? Of tidbits, of hints, of, you know, clues of what's really happening. The mystery is really where it's at. So I predict that the season is going to be good. I think that the first couple episodes were a little boring. And that's that's kind of where I'll leave it. I'm excited about it. I liked the the mysteries of it, the beekeeper popping up, the the helicopter, the voices calling to her over the radio. All that stuff is so intriguing to me. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. Okay. Except I did not find these episodes entertaining. I thought they were boring. Mm-hmm. But for the small Easter eggs that Eric said. I don't feel like you're doing the view. And listen, this is the first two steps up the 700 rung ladder of phase. Are we in phase five, phase four? I don't care. Yeah. The next phase of Marvel. And so I realized that these are the least fun steps to take, but I was hoping for more. I was hoping mm-hmm. for st- I thought like I was yawning during these episodes. I was on my phone. I was looking at Reddit. Like I was bored during like the magic scene. Although it was like, I fell asleep during the magic scene actually. Kind of funny that he was like drunk from chewing gum. But like at the same time, we already don't like vision as a character in the greater Marvel universe. And then he's getting this like comedic relief role I just thought that didn't work at all. Um, I thought that the Easter egg scenes were important. I thought those were really cool. Like uh, with the toaster, with the radio, mm-hmm. with the no. And she's like, no. And yeah. then like, you know, kind of hit the rewind button. Um, but I feel like the viewers deserve a little bit more than I, I feel like that could have been combined into one 45 minute episode. 
and we could have done like half and half. And hold on. Type of show in decades. So they're not going to skip the 70s to combine it with the 60s. But who cares? They, did, they didn't even define <laughs> when they were doing these shows. Like, I, I don't think that matters. I'd be so mad if they skipped a decade of television for which I don't have any connection to or care. You know what I mean? Like, I get that that's their plan and they're going to stick with it. And I'm sure it will work when you look at it in a long term. But I can already tell, like, the only way this is going to be a rewatchable show is if we're getting clues right now that we don't know we missed because we don't have the bigger picture. And that would make it rewatchable. But otherwise, I don't I wouldn't want to see those that hour of television again. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying. I don't under I, like. I get that this is a a, a long play, right? This, there's there's a lot more that's going to go into this, but but to be like watching a show like this and to have to be like constantly hunting for like small little nougats, um, in <laughs> an hour and seven minutes of Did television. You say nougat instead of nugget. Yeah, I love whatever. that. <laughs> um, it just seems like kind of silly on the part of Marvel. Um. I, I don't know. I was not that entertained. I, I get the creativity angle, but it was also like super boring. The jokes were not funny and all of the stuff was just silly. I, 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 I wish, I wish they would have done a little bit more. Um, I know, listen, I know it's going to have larger impacts. I know that there are other things that are going to come into play, but I was also like really bored with the content itself. And I, I, and I wanted to love it. I, I, I came into it thinking this is going to be awesome. And I found myself like rolling my eyes multiple times. I think that's fair. I think that they were pretty boring. Right. But I think we'll maybe appreciate that as her universe starts to change and go to color and all these things that are going to happen. And it starts to, to get really twisted and weird. We'll sort of appreciate how pure it was for like the first two episodes was so idyllic and everything was just, you know, so silly and cute because it's going to get ugly. I hope so. I, I want that. I don't think they're doing things for no reason. I think everything has a meaning and a purpose. And I think that when you find those out, it's going to feel really rewarding. And the, and and here's the thing. When Marvel needs to hit a, a double, they do every time. Yeah. They're not going to blow this. The show is going to turn out. At the end of it, you're going to be like, that was really good. I, I can't I'm, wait. I'm excited about it. I'm positive it is. Um, they gave us a lot of cool stuff and a lot of cool little teases of where they're headed next. Um, the best thing to me is just trying to find the clues that they've left us, uh, in this. It feels like you're like part of a mystery and the internet is all trying to figure out this mystery. Um, it's almost like you're playing a game by watching this show and they're giving you this really simple game board, but you have to decipher all of these clues out of it. And so I get that a lot of times people want to watch television just to turn their brain off, but I don't think that this is that kind of show. I think that this show is disguised as that show. And in reality, you're supposed to be paying attention the whole time and you're supposed to be looking for things the whole time. And I think that is going to be the re rewarding part when you're like, Oh my gosh, in episode one, they said this. And now in episode six, they're saying it again. And it all leads to this crazy thing that happened. And so, so how will, how is this play into like Q and on's hands? Like that, that this is uh, some sort of like a Hollywood elitist pedophile ring. Yes. With all these hidden clues. Um, Guarantee. Yes. If you, I think they just believe that Disney, um, if you just order Disney plus, they just send you a kid for six ninety nine a month. <laughs> hey, that happened to their one of somebody's cousin online. So yeah, yeah someone's cousin online. They ordered a, they ordered a, a t-shirt from 
Disney and they got uh, it's a thirteen thousand uh, dollar chest of drawers from Wayfair.com. Yes, yeah. came with a child. Um, okay, overall, I think this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be the show that people talk about the most uh, over the next few weeks. And um, I don't know. I'm 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 very hopeful that it, it continues to uh, make me ask more questions. All right, uh, all right. Some hot wrecks, uh, Jim. You watched Gretel and Hansel. What did you think? And where can people? Yeah. Yeah, it's on Hulu right now. It's on Amazon Prime as well. So if you have either of those, you can watch it. It's like a kind of slow burn, stylized horror movie. You know, you know the story. They go the two. It's like a German folk tale. They go in the woods. They find a witch's house. Whatever. But this adds a lot of nuance, and they get this like really amazing, creepy performance from this woman who plays the witch. And it's just got a lot of. It's kind of flips it on its head a little bit. And it was beautifully shot, super creepy. Eric, maybe not so much for you with the organs and the dismemberment and the stuff like that. Great. But to me, like, if you like horror movies at all, um, this is a really good one with, like, really good performances. It feels like it's almost on that level of, like, these cool new horror movies that we're really into, um, you know, like Midsommar and those things. It felt a little like that. So to me, this is a rack, especially if you like horror movies. It's like... I would say it's probably like a B minus for me, like an 82 on the rotten scale. Cool. Can I ask, can, just real quick, I looked up the Rotten Tomato score, audience score with 2,200, almost 2,300 reviews is 23%. Really? And the tomato meter for the, the critics is 64 with 103 reviews. I mean, I guess, you know... It, it's a little slow. Maybe people, the audience just thought like, Hey, we're going to get like big, huge, super scary moments. And it's kind of, it's not exactly like that. It's more like a, you know, coming of age for this like young girl. So, uh, okay. I don't care. It's still no, right. I was, just, I, I was just curious. Cause I, I was, I was shocked to see that it was that low. That's the only reason yeah, I, I, actually, it I actually am as well. Um, but yeah, to me, it's a 60 or it's a 82. All right, uh, you also watched King of Staten Island. I believe that's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. So that's the Pete Davidson one. Um, no, it's on, isn't it on HBO or is it? I think it's HBO, HBO Max. Okay. I think it's on HBO Max. Um, I liked this movie. It's got Bill Burr, so I know Ryan's going to like it. It is Judd Apatow, right? So like we've seen his movies like, you know, this is 40 or Knocked Up. You know how those movies are way too long? And then he likes to jam in a lot of like scenes where, you know, he and other like the main characters are talking and it's kind of can be slow, a little bit funny, but more in like a dark, sad way. It's yep. like mostly that and less outright funny, but it's got good performances. Um, a lot of surprise actors pop up. Like, I think this is a wreck, but you might end up watching it in a couple parts because it's not the most engaging movie of all time. Like, I wonder what the rotten score is on that, because I feel like for me, it's like, it's probably about the same, like an 82. Like to me, it's worth watching, but that's because I watch a lot of stuff. So I don't know. Audience score 84. There we go. So now we're in line. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. It's like, it definitely feels real. It's, you know, dealing with real issues. Um, it's entertaining. Definitely. It's funny. It's kind of gritty and real. Um, it's, you're not going to laugh your ass off though. Okay, and you also watched uh, Search Party. What can you tell us about Oh, that? now this is my real wreck of the week, dude. I feel like I've found something here. So, Search Party. It's on, I think it was on TBS right away for like two seasons. 
And that's probably why none of us watched it or talked about it or heard about it because who the fuck thinks anything on TBS is going to be good. So HBO at some point bought it and has, has, I think, produced either the third and fourth season or just the fourth season. But when I heard when the fourth season came out, it's like, dude, everyone like this show is peaking. I'm like, all right, I got to go back and watch it. And you guys, it's so brilliant. It's so funny. I mean, I haven't watched something where I was literally like, like laughing out loud by myself in a while. I think it's so, so smart. It's kind of like, kind of like girls a little bit. Cause all the, you know, people live in Brooklyn and they're kind of making fun of hipster types and rooftop parties and just douchey shit like that. And people pretending they know everybody and, you know, making fun of those tropes, but it also has like a really interesting mystery about it, but this missing girl that they sort of like the characters knew from college a little bit. And, you know, one of them without much going on in her life gets way into the mystery and people think she's crazy. And, um, dude, I watched eight episodes in one night. And when we're done with this podcast, I'm going to watch the final two of season one. So I, uh, I'm way into this. I think it's so fucking funny. It's we got really great performances, especially from the lead woman who I can't remember what her the actress's name is, but she was like the quirky, curly-haired girl on Arrested Development, like opposite Michael Cena, whatever his name is. Michael uh, Yeah. She's maybe, maybe blue. Maybe. Maybe blue. Yes. Um, dude, she's fantastic. And I guess she's dating Brad Pitt in real life, which is interesting. Um and I'm like, she's definitely pretty, but like Brad Pitt pretty? He only dates like, you know, whatever. But you guys. Blue is dating Brad Pitt. I wouldn't have believed that if it was on the rest of development. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> Will you guys watch this or not watch it? What do you think? That sounds good. It's I'm, really good. The main character's boyfriend is so fucking funny. I've never seen him in anything, and he's great. I will check it out as soon as you guys check out my hot wreck of the week, and that is Netflix Lupin. Oh, you watched some of this? I watched half of Lupin so far, and it is all about the gentleman's burglar, Arsene Lupin. Okay. What does that mean? So it's like a it's like a folktale, maybe. It's like um it's kind of like, like a, it's a French folktale? Yeah, it's like it's like France's Indiana Jones. I'm sorry, France's Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Okay. And so he's kind of like Sherlock Holmes meets um, Robin Hood. Like he's like a good thief, right? And the whole story is about how he is a master of disguise and he you don't know his name and you don't know who he is and he blends into everything. And so it's about this, this guy, this boy um, who is a, an immigrant to um, Paris, France um, with his father uh, from Senegal. And when he is very young, his father gets framed by a rich white Parisian family um, for stealing the the necklace of uh, Marie Antoinette, right? And okay. he gets framed for that. He goes to jail and he's like, for whatever reason, he kills himself in jail. And so this young boy is left on his own as a teenager. He's like maybe 15 or 16, left on his own without parents in Paris. And now in, in real time, he is... Um, this like handsome, smooth guy who's obsessed with the stories of Arsene Lupin. And he wants to be this gentleman burglar and he is going to steal things and commit these, these crimes, but he's doing it for a reason, like good reasons. 
And it's in French. I would advise you to watch it in French. Um, it's a really good show. There are stupid parts, I will tell you. There are parts that you're just like, wow, that was super dumb. I can't believe that they did that on a TV show. But overall, it is smart enough, fun enough um, to, you know, hold up, even if there are parts that are kind of silly and stupid. I think it's a really good show. There's only five season, five episodes out right now, and that's part one. And then part two is going to be five more episodes, and it should be out pretty soon. It's trending on Netflix. People all over the world are enjoying it. And I think it is um, good enough that everybody should be watching it. Okay. I'll admit I did watch the first 40 minutes, mm-hmm. and I liked it. And I will keep watching it. Um, especially since you've watched more and you're into it. So that's good. And people are definitely talking about it and they're definitely watching it. So it must be all right. Uh, Is it higher quality? I think to me, it's already a higher quality, more serious production than your favorite money heist. Would you agree? Yes. It's better. Um, I don't know. It's less fun than money. Heist, yes. But it's better. Oh, we get that. And that's why you watch money heist. Cause it's silly and fun, but this isn't so goofy. Money heist is like, is like, practically a soap opera right Mm -hmm. it's so over the top and so stupid and the dialogue especially in english is just ridiculous but it's fun so dumb this show is better than that it's more it's shot better it's written better it's similar but better yeah i can see why people like it it's going to be 10 really fun episodes i think people should be watching a definite wreck lupin lupin and it's just spelled like Lupin, like L-U-P-I-N, but Lupin is how you say it. Yep. Great show. Really into it. Can't wait to watch more of it. Cool. All right. Rec- Here we go. We're moving on to the next part of our show, and that is you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a rewatch. That's our beautiful. rewatch of the Dark Knight trilogy, and we are watching one of the most famous movies, one of the most famous superhero movies, uh, The Dark Knight. Number two. Um, we really we really liked the first one, Batman Begins, and this one we all knew it was the best one, and wow, it was really fantastic. I uh, I was kind of blown away all over again. When's the last time you guys watched this movie? I've probably watched before this. I've probably watched this movie twenty five times in my life. Like for yeah. I've watched it so many times. Everybody's seen this movie a ton. Everyone knows it's great. Um, I kind of went into it thinking like, oh yeah, man, I always think that the Joker is so great, but like, I've seen a lot of good stuff. Like, you know, does it really stand the test of time? Like how good his performance is as the Joker? And the answer is absolutely like mm-hmm. an impressive performance. It made the, the worst part of the movie is how sad I feel that Heath Ledger died so young and we didn't get more Heath Ledger just doing anything because yeah. This role is absolutely incredible. He is a villain that is not just evil. Um, He's evil in the way that he wants the world to have chaos, but he also is like a man of principles. And when he talks, he is reasonable and he is intelligent. And some of the things he says, you're like, yeah, no, I agree with all of that. Um, I think that it's brilliant. And every time he's on the screen, he absolutely is one of the most, it's one of the most captivating performances I've ever seen in my life. So we're just going to get right into him. So dude, the thing that I, I picked up more this time than other watches is the dynamics in his voice and how interesting it is and how captivating it is and how keeps it, it keep always keeps it fresh with him going, you know, very high and then kind of like, or like a really gruff, crazy, low, growly voice. And he would go high, <laughs> like, rah. 
Dude, it had me – it just makes you uneasy because not only do you not know what he's going to do or what he's going to say, you don't know how he's going to say it. And I just – I think it adds a chaos, chaos to it that's like – just takes well, it over the edge. To, to, to your point, when he had that guy kidnapped and he, he was doing the, the camera that you could tell the camera technology was so bad that you could hear him moving the camera, which is also a little bit unnerving too, even now. Um, but when he's like, you know, look at me. And then the guy didn't. And he was like, look at me. Oh, and you're like, freaky. oh, holy Jesus. Like, you know, he's not kidding around. Like, he's mm-hmm. not here. He's not a joker at any point in time. He may have like a silly laugh, but he's not joking when it comes to fulfilling his mission. And mm-hmm. that scene, that scene alone was so captivating from three words you realized, holy shit, this is the bad guy of all bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the as, as all Chris Nolan films uh, do, it starts out brilliantly. The whole mm-hmm. robbing scene is so amazing. Um, I, I know that's just iconic and I love that. Um, but yeah, one of the, one of the true best, uh, openings to a movie. Um, I love the Bruce Wayne, uh, living in a high rise, um, at this point because Wayne Manor has been burned to the ground. Um, Mm -hmm. Harvey Dent, what a character. I love all the stuff with Harvey. Um, he is like this perfect, you know, handsome, brave, heroic figure who always does the right thing. Um, but it works so well. Aaron Eckhart is so underrated as an actor. I want more of him. Mm, I'd say that he's underrated as an actor in this movie, and he should get more credit for his role as Harvey Dent. I don't think he's. I think he's properly or possibly overrated as an actor in general. But you're trying to tell he me, looks the part. He's absolutely perfect in this. You're trying to tell me some dark, gritty show gets announced for HBO, and he's one of the two stars of it. You wouldn't be excited. I would. No. It's, no, I'd be like whatever. I'd be whatever with him. Seriously. Based off of a performance from 15 years ago, no. Thank you for smoking. He was fine in that. That movie's overrated too. Um, he was good in it. I the, my biggest complaint is the change of Rachel. Yeah, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal sucks. Her voice sucks. Why? She's so bland and boring, and she even she, she even looks bland and boring. Why is she in this movie? I, they I, couldn't get that right. Like, what happened? I don't think Katie Holmes was right. I don't think that that Maggie Gyllenhaal's right, and then they kill her, so they don't have to deal with it anymore because they couldn't solve the problem. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. see her in it. It's it's yeah. worth the movie to me. Um, but the whole thing with uh, the crime bosses, um, how they have to turn to this crazy man as mm-hmm. they're feeling so desperate. Chaos is unleashed on the city. Um, you have questions of uh, Bruce Wayne questioning himself. Um, you have uh, his trip to to Japan, which is super underrated. His China trip? China. China. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I mean, like the skyhook stuff. Dude, the technology in these movies, like, not only were they was it the technology written in a believable way, except for the bat fucking sonic thing they did in the first Batman movie. That was stupid. And why don't why doesn't he just use that way more often, by the way? Yeah. Um he should have that on his boot all the time. Anyways, forget that. Because the skyhook was fucking amazing. Um, his suit was which is, really cool. Which is real technology, by the way. Yeah, is it? Well, there you go. I mean, that's yeah, so cool. Um, the first time 
he busts out the tumbler bike. I mean, I was just, I mean, we had not seen anything like the tumbler. And then we hadn't seen anything like the tumbler bike. I mean, even the motorcycle is built in a way that I've never seen one. And someone actually, they built it and rode it. I mean, it's so cool. Uh, it's incredible. I also love the very iconic, What's what? why is it okay for you? What's the difference between you and me anyways? I'm not wearing hockey pads. I have a question on that. Those yeah. are Batman's first lines in the movie. Yeah. And what are hockey pants? Am I supposed hockey to know what that pads. even is? You said hockey, hockey pads? Yeah. Pants. He said hockey pad. Well, it's kind of stupid because the guy was wearing like a catcher's uh, chest protector. I think he was saying like, I'm not wearing the gear that you'd wear to play at a hockey. Yeah, game. like, right. Yeah, I, I get equipment. Yeah. I mean, that was dumb, but whatever, dude. He's cool. You know, he, he gets some upgrades. We get some Fox. Um, I love that. Once again, though, you guys, you know why these movies are good? And it's not just that they're shot and writ written very well. It's not Christian um, Bale. It's fucking Alfred. Alfred is so great in these movies. He's. The I think that's the reason why they're so good. He's the contents of the movies, and I love every bit of Michael Caine. Every time he's on the screen, I feel the emotion in his every word. I live and die by his relationship with Bruce, with Rachel, with everyone. He's funny. He's heroic. He's a father to Bruce. He's worried about him. He's disappointed in him. He loves him. Like every scene with him steals the show. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So I think that the high part of this movie, the very best part is only about halfway through. Right. And that is the greatest ever car chase scene, in my opinion, in movie history. I usually am bored by car chase scenes in general. I usually am like, oh, car chase, it's really expensive. Lots of things blow up. Everyone drives ridiculously, and I'm not interested. This one has me on the edge of my seat because it is them trying to blow up uh, an armored vehicle that's transporting Harvey Dent. The Joker coming out the side of the semi-truck is incredible. Mm-hmm. You Can have- we just talk about that that part for one second? Yeah. was so... Like, I don't know if it was intentional or if it was like Heath Ledger, like ad-libbing the Joker's movements of just sort of like holding on to like, it almost looked like a subway strap that you would mm-hmm. hang on to. And he's just sort of like leaning and like letting gravity, like take him where he wants to. And I thought that was so brilliant for the character of like, I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hanging on a little bit, but I really don't care. I could get thrown out of this thing. It doesn't really matter. I'm just here for the fun. Like I, I you know what I mean? Like that, that whole thing was so just that little bit of movement that he did was so significant to espouse what the Joker was all about, which was nothing. Right. So just chaos. You end up getting the scene where the helicopter goes down and then you have the semi versus Batman. Batman goes underneath it. He flips the semi. He has a chance to kill the Joker. He can't do it. You have the Joker saying, do it, do it, do it. And mm-hmm. Batman swerves out of the way, hurting himself in the process. Joker has him. He gets caught by um, Gordon, who's actually been alive this entire time in his right. efforts to catch him. Um, they bring him into jail. And the jail scene is something that's been mocked by the internet. Here. The 31 parts of the Joker's master plan. None of this could have happened. How could he have predicted all these things would happen? And I am willing to suspend belief because – suspend disbelief because – I um, love it. I think the the part um, with him and Batman talking in the, um, what is that, an interrogation room mm-hmm. is maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. 
it's the most human moment of the Joker. It's them discussing their positions here and mm-hmm. their goals. And I just think it's the best part of the entire movie. When the two of them are talking, he un- unveils his plan. He tricks him into allowing the girl he loves to die. And it all comes to, into to place there. Um, and even when Batman leaves in a hurry in a really amazing scene where you're like on the edge of your seat, are they going to get there? What's going to happen? You have going on back at the place. In fact, I know some of your friends better than you ever did. Do you want mm-hmm. to be friends were cowards? I was just like so alive at that moment. Like what an incredible piece of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know, when he walks in and he's messing with the mobsters earlier, his real proper introduction, brilliant. I mean, I love that scene. You know, he sets the tone with the pencil trick, which is fucking amazing. Um, just such a shocker, just a quick shocker, like, whoa. Um, and then he strong arms him, and you're like, yeah, I guess that's how that would go. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem like a stretch that he worked them over like that. So eventually you get this weird technology where they use cell phones to, like, use, like, sonar to see the whole city. I got- kind of what I mean. I thought that part was weak, and I started to question this. Didn't Heath Ledger die before this movie was done? Um, no, I think it was shortly after it came so. out. For how great this movie is, the ending is just okay. With the two different ships and stuff, and then like yeah, the pretty much video game in the in like the, the building that's being like yeah, it's pretty yeah. much like levels of a video game. Yeah, that whole thing is just okay considering how great the movie is. So the movie is so amazing, and then you get to this end, and the big end part is just not as good as the rest of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was almost, when I was watching this, it was easier for me to pick it apart than it was just to enjoy how amazing it is, because we've seen it a bunch of times. It's well established that it's a great movie, and I can't deny it. So it's easier to find the dumb stuff. Like, one thing I couldn't really, like, there's such a focus on the gangsters and the mob scene and I couldn't tell them apart. They're na- saying their names. They were all very generic to me. Um, Falcone and Armando. And I don't even fucking know. Right. Who cares? It's hard. Um, I thought that the hand to hand combat was mostly pretty boring. It's pretty repetitive. You know, him kind of punching guy in the face, punch the next guy in the face. I thought that was a little weak. Um, let's see. What was the last thing? I thought that one thing about like when the the Joker shows up and his crew shows up to the, the party right up in the, the tower. I'm like, okay, how did they get in? How did they get out? How did they leave? You know, um, Joker would and Batman show up very conveniently just so they're more mysterious. But as a viewer, when you're like, okay, they've explained every piece of this because they're smart enough to do it. The writers, right. Um, you're kind of like, well, I want to know how they got out of that building and why when Batman saved Rachel, he didn't go back up there and get him. He knew he was up there. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Just a little weird stuff like that. But dude, overall, man, I was blown away. I mean, I think you could, if you, if you wanted to sort of um, exposition that away would be the Joker had connections all over the city. So even if there were like doormen or, or guards to the high rise that he had enough manpower and money that it didn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. He was able to overcome those obstacles uh, but you're right, like Batman landed outside of his penthouse at the door, essentially, of where you get into his, mm-hmm. his apartment complex. 
Batman could have just rolled over and been like, well, I'm going to wait at the door for them to come out. Yeah, right, right. Before, uh, you know, but yeah, uh, if and that's nitpicking. You're 100% right. That's, that's nitpicking something of um, convenience for the sake of the story. I think this is, it still sticks with me, Ledger's, Heath Ledger's performance and the story itself. And I agree completely with the, with the final level of like, oh, look, there's a, a SWAT team coming up the elevator. They're going to run into a bunch of the bad guys. Um, a lot of this stuff is also solved with cell phones, which they had in the films of like, they're going to blow us up. It's like, okay, why don't you just call the captain of the other ship and be like, just throw your detonator out the window and then we won't kill each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it just sort of like seemed a little bit silly um, in that regard. But we have to remember the essence of the movie, which is the Joker turning something positive into something negative. And that all starts with Rachel and Harvey Dent. And mm-hmm. his explanation when he's hanging upside down at the end when you know Batman didn't let him die, and then you go back to that hospital scene, some of that was some of the most important like storytelling throughout this whole thing of like no matter how good you are, there is evil that is still able to corrupt you at the core level or, or at the very like simple level of just introduce some chaos. And like, I thought that like when, when the Joker put the gun to his head and Harvey Dent's hand was just incredible storytelling. I loved every second of that, even Mm -hmm. though I knew exactly what was going to happen. I was still like the balls to just be like, I'm going to, you can kill me right now and end this whole charade. And he couldn't Mm -hmm. and neither could Batman. And he, and the Joker did not die and we don't know what happened to him. Well, he was supposed to break out and be a huge part of the next movie, which we'll get to. So I think that as we watch the next movie, I will be thinking the entire time, boy, how could this have been different if Heath Ledger hadn't died? I just have this feeling that we're going to go into this next movie and we're going to we're going to be negative and our whole take is going to be it's so bad and it could have been so much better. And I think we need to enjoy this trilogy. It's been great. And we have to remember that this is the follow up to one of the movies that was you know, changed a genre forever. I mean, it's a movie mm-hmm. that will go down in history as one of the great movies of its time. And I think it's important that we remember that and not just slam this next movie because it wasn't this one. Right. Right. Um, finally, Barter, you uh, made a power rankings of the best people in this movie. We need to hear it. So I just was like, at like when I got towards the tail end of the movie, I was like, man, I wonder like who is the most important characters in this movie and it's funny because it's called the dark knight and he is pretty far down the list okay in my opinion all right um i think you know given everything that we've said uh number one is the joker okay i, I don't i don't think we can dispute that uh, i think number that's two is, number two is alfred he's yeah. uh bruce wayne's conscience he's his surgeon he's his uh like sort of epiphany uh moment guy you know especially with the you know uh we were trying to find this bandit and i saw a child with a play with a ruby the size of a tangerine (laughs) that was pretty good he'd been throwing them out and that's throwing f-r-o that was pretty good okay so then next up number three in my power rankings is commissioner gordon and great i i feel that way because Gary Oldman does such a good job with this character that he's playing 
like four different sides. You know, he's playing like he knows there's bad people in his division. He's know there, there's bad people in Dent's uh, group. He's trying to keep Batman happy. He's trying to keep his family safe. Like there's so many different angles that he's got to play correctly. So Commissioner Gordon for me is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth on the list is Bruce Wayne. And I feel like he has such a limited role, but what he, what, what Christian Bale does the best is Bruce Wayne. I don't feel like his Batman character is the strongest of the two. So I'm going Bruce Wayne. Number five is Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman. Like his, his scene with the dude that was like, um, so you, your plan is to, uh, black, there's a guy who goes around at night beating criminals with his bare hands. And your plan is to blackmail this person. Mm-hmm. like that whole scene was absolutely like fucking phenomenal he, like he's like good luck and like puts his glasses back on and goes back to what he's doing like it, i thought morgan freeman was excellent um next for me is uh harvey dent yep um i think we you know eric already talked about aaron eckhart i think he was important but i think his story got a little convoluted and kind of silly towards the end again it was a movie with like one too many endings and that yep. the whole Harvey Dent, Jim Gordon scene, like could have come a little bit sooner. Um, the next one is Batman. And I'm, it's sad to say that Batman is number seven on my power rankings list, but the voice is silly. Like Eric <laughs> said, some of the hand to hand combat stuff is dumb. Bruce Wayne is by far the better character, which is why, you know, we've always maintained that you're not playing Batman. You're playing Bruce Wayne. Um, Batman was just kind of, I, I don't know if he's not, he's not an afterthought, but like the, the bat bike and the tumbler and all of this other stuff is so much cooler than like the Batman character itself. And then last on the list is Rachel Dawes. Yeah. If anything was kind of a hindrance to the movie overall. So I think my list, I think my list is pretty solid. I think we could argue one way or the other between like Bruce Wayne and Lucius or Batman and Harvey Dent. But I feel like the, my, my top at least three are, are dead on. All right, last part of this movie, I really, really like the end of this. The whole, like, it seems kind of stupid, the decision they have to make to, like, keep Harvey's name clean and stuff. He's the hero, not the hero they deserve, but the hero that they need. You know, it's kind of stupid, but, like, I just love the part of the movie where he's running and the music is playing, and I just thought they nailed the end of this movie. I agree. It, 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 if you just watch that, not having watched the rest, you might think this is pretty melodramatic, you know, like this is our silent protector. He's our dark knight. It's not the hero we deserve. It's the heroine. I mean, it's a little over the top, but after the journey you've been through with these characters, it's big, it's grand. It's, it's a finale. I mean, it's why not go poetic and big swelling music, orchestral music. Um, I thought it was amazing and it totally fit this grand big movie. Agreed. And flipping and flipping the entire notion of the Batman on its head. Right. That he's now the bad guy that everyone's going to turn against because it's for the betterment of the city. Right. Yeah. Okay. He made the, I mean, he made the hard choice in the last one to burn down it or to kick everybody out of his party and ruin his name. Um, and in this one, he, he ruined Batman's name. Right. So he is giving everything. He's giving both sides of himself to the city. Total sacrifices. All right, guys, um, next up, the final part of this trilogy, 
The Dark Knight Rises. I'm excited about this one. I know people have complaints. I know people don't like Bane's voice. It's just the villain was never going to be the Joker again, especially after Heath Ledger passed away. And so I'm excited. I like this movie too. I think that this is a trilogy of three really good movies and just one of them happens to be epic. I've probably seen The Dark Knight 12 times. I've probably seen Batman Begins six times. I think I've only seen Dark Knight Rises twice. So I'm excited for it just because I know I'll be pulling. And when you watch them with these rewatches, it's really fun. Like I've really been enjoying this. You're kind of critical thinking throughout. So I'm excited to watch it with fresh eyes. Me too. All right, guys, moving on. Our final segment today is hang it or bang it. Yeah. Things to hang and things that bang. Uh, what do you guys want to start with? Hang it or bang it? Um, Should we start positive okay. and just bang some stuff? Okay. I'm going to go first, okay? Yeah. I'm going to go first. Bang it. Bang it. Any place doing two for five or two for six. <laughs> Any two for five or two for six deal. Give me two sandwiches for five bucks. Two, two for six is fine as well. They're always like $4 sandwiches. You're getting a great deal. I am 10 times more likely to go to your fast food restaurant if you're giving me two sandwiches for five bucks. Bang it. Two for five. I mean, these are premier sandwiches you're getting too. Yeah, like you're getting the quarter pounders or if you're you're getting the big roast beefs, if you're at Arby's, you're getting the home style chicken sandwiches. If you're at Wendy's, you're getting Whoppers if you're at Burger King. I mean, these are the good sandwiches you're getting for, for the deal. I love it. It's what I get every time. Or even two for six. I am, I'll be like, I'm not eating fast food. And then I'll, I'll see something. It'll be like two for five. And I'm like, I am today. I am. I'm going to maybe, maybe today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's this is the new, this is the new updated version of the value meal, right? Mm -hmm. This is, this is, Let's eliminate the soft drinks and the fries. And if you're here for the sandwiches, this is for you. Let's talk. Yeah. Because especially now, like if you're going to like, oh, I'm going to go to Wendy's. I'm going to get a, a Dave's double with fries and a drink. It's going to be eight, nine bucks. Mm -hmm. Not for me. Uh, give me two Whoppers for $5 and yeah. I'm out the door and I'm happier than I would if I if I had to like pick a Dr. Pepper, you know, or, or something yeah. like that. Like I'd rather have another sandwich for $2 less and eliminate the fries and the, and the soda. I'm cool with two right. for six, but two for five is unbelievable. It's pretty. Five, what yeah. a, what well, a now places Now places are even expanding it. Like I think McDonald's has like, you can get a quarter pounder, a Big Mac, a nine piece nugget, Fish et cetera. Okay. Fish Did you get shorted? It's five. a 10. Oh, 10. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Ryan, do you want to go next? I have more fat person stuff. So like, what do you got? Maybe you go in so that I can come in. And then it won't feel like it's fat back to back. Well, it's a it's a little bit fat, um, but <laughs> it's it's take and bake bread. I oh. I am on the take and bake bread train because you feel like you're getting if you especially in the wintertime, you're making soups, you're making stews, you're making things like that, and you throw the 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 Italian loaf in for five minutes at 375 and you get some like fresh hot tasting bread and you can pretend like oh yeah you know this is like a baguette like forget bread takes so long to make and it's so much of an effort but for a dollar fifty you can buy a take and bake baguette and save yourself all of that time bread and still get that same like fresh bread taste it's perfect i'm with you this is just more fat person stuff by the way 
It 100%. is. I mean, just wait till I come in hot with my shit. All right, what do you got? All right. Um, all right, look, I got a couple options, and both of them are are in this same realm. But I'm going to go with just trying to bang Baluto. Um, Baluto is a new spot in South Minneapolis. Ryan, you may want to look uh, this up. It is like person. it's like Brazilian food. So what they what they do is incredible pizzas, like so so fucking good. And then they also have empanadas, which are equally good. So what I need everyone to do is go online and order Baluto, get the empanadas and a pizza. I don't care which kind. All of it is all good. And go and pick it up. And you guys, your life will be a little bit better from then on out. Baluto has arrived. They are up there with like Young Joni's Pub or Tavern Pizza, if you've had that one with the jalapenos and the little like pepperonis with some honey on it. That is maybe the best pizza in town. This is like second best to me. Okay. So please, please try Baluto. Incredible food. Good people. That's my bang it. All right, guys, I'm going with hang it. Get rid of it. Hang it up. And that's employee pricing. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm talking about cars. I hate employee pricing and I'm even going to, I'm even going to tie in friends and family, which is better, but still not great. One of what's not special employee pricing because they're mm-hmm. like you get the same deal that all our employees get i always think to myself all right well either it's not that great of a deal or the employees are getting completely fucked working for this place what is the benefit of working for this place i don't right. want employee deals i want you just to be like everything's 30 percent off today i'd be way more excited about that i don't want to hear this employee pricing thing it just makes me think that the employees are actually getting a different deal than employee pricing and employee yeah. price is the name of the goddamn deal Get rid of it. Hang it. Employee pricing, stupid. Friends and family, not far behind. Call it what it is. I don't want to hear that some people get special things and other people don't. I want you just to give me a good deal. This is a stupid marketing ploy, and I am out. Hang it. I agree. I like that. Wow. Yeah, it does nothing for me. Nothing. Mine is. I'm just like an employee. No, I never think that. I think this is a I, thing I, that, that worked on boomers and is not going to work in the future. I really do. Mine is uh, very similar in terms of pricing, and that, that's the price of gum. I, want to hang, I know this is stupid. I know this is dumb. This is silly. The price like, of gum. That's where we're at. I want to go buy 12 sticks of gum. It's going to cost me $2.09. I can get a whole baguette, take and bake, for $1.50, <laughs> and it's less than the cost of 12 sticks of gum. Or you have to buy the stupid... You have to buy this stupid uh, round plastic container that's got like 30 of the things where the flavor lasts. It's like double bubble, but they've they've shrunk it down and you chewed gum and it tastes terrible for 90 percent of the time that you're chewing on it. Give me some reasonably priced gum that the flavor lasts more than five minutes and I'm back in. But right now, like when you, uh, it's just it's very frustrating. I'm not a huge gum chewer anymore because of this. The gum chewing market wow. has to be shrinking significantly. Um, that's more of a gripe than a hang it, but the price of gum is absurd at this Can point. Can I do a quick impression? You know how we like impressions sometimes on the show? Love it. All right. Here's my impression of Ryan bartering with a car dealer. Are you fucking kidding me? I could get 20,000 take and bake baguettes for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right look um i have so many things that i hate and i just have a good list um i am going to go with 
People, okay, I love group chats, but don't be bringing the Android phones into my group chats. Kill them out. It ruins everything. I literally can't do shit anymore. And now every time somebody says something funny, I get the whole wall of text again. This person liked it. This person liked it. All because one of 12 people has an Android. I know. And that person should have to have to voluntarily opt out every time. Yep. Sorry, guys. I can't talk to you. I have an Android. Just text me separate, guys. I don't know. I can't I can't be part of this. Screenshot me some of the funny things that happen, and I'll respond to you individually. Yes. So I have a – there's a uh, in-law group chat that we have where my brother-in-law and sister-in-law have Androids. Everyone else has iPhones. But I have a sister-in-law that loves to use the Apple-like thumbs up, heart, thumbs down, exclamation points, you know, whatever mm-hmm. – Oh yeah. And so the 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 parent in-laws will send something, it's like a long text. So and so, you know, in the family had surgery, but they're doing really well. We're hoping to get up there and see them. And then sister-in-law likes it. And then the repeat of the entirety of the chat. And it's just yep. like, kill me now. Just yes. stop. So um that is my hang it. It is a problem. If you have an Android. Uh, just don't be part of these group chats, man. Just bow out. Be a be uh, a respectful, conscientious person. You're ruining it for everybody else. A conscientious objector to the group chat. We need you out of here. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Go back, check out our sports cast. It was fantastic. Uh, let us know if you want in on our uh, Royal Rumble charity competition. Uh, Ten bucks gets you a donation to charity and a good time with the Nordies podcast. Uh, otherwise, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to your favorite show with your three best friends, Ryan, Jim, and Eric. Take care, guys.